edition of Old Baptist Weekly. We're so glad you came. We hope you came praying. We're privileged tonight to have Elder John Wallace Thrower with us. How you doing, Brother John? Doing great. Doing great. It's so good to see you. Remind us uh, where you're serving at, Brother John. I serve at Glorious Kingdom Primitive Baptist Church. For those of you that don't know, uh, we ended up having to sell our building due to hardships where one of the sisters volunteered for us to use her home as a place of worship. And boy, I tell you, we have really uh, been blessed to be closer together and learn that the church is not that building. We are the church. We've grown stronger, even got a member um, since we've been there. And and everybody is extremely, you know, happy. I just look at us and we're in the wilderness right now. Don't know what God has in store for us. But as I always say, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who's holding the future. I don't know what tomorrow may bring, but I know who will bring tomorrow. And that's where our trust and comfort is. Amen. Um, well, we're certainly praying for y'all out there in California and uh, for glorious kingdom. And we love y'all and are thankful the Lord is uh, smiling down on you all out there. Amen. And, uh, and with that, we are praying for you tonight, Brother John. Lord, put something on your heart and give us the ears to hear it. Uh, with that, we're going to ask Brother Jerry if he'd lead us in a word of prayer. If he'll bow. Our righteous and merciful Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for this opportunity of coming together in this capacity. Lord, it's with anticipation and, and heart and mind as we make ready to hear the preaching of thy gospel. Lord, we pray that you would just lift up this dear elder, one whom we've grown to love so very much. Lord, just lift him up, bless him according to thy mercy and grace, grant unto him that which he stands in need of, 
And Lord, if it be thy will, uh, bless him with liberty of thought that he would be able to set a message before us tonight that would honor and glorify thee. And Lord, that it would build us up, edify us and strengthen us for the journey that lies ahead. Father, we pray for those that are sick and afflicted. And we pray, especially, Lord, for our dear brother, Michael Hughes. Lord, be round about him. If it be thy will, just comfort him, draw him to an innocent unto thee, that he would feel thy felt presence around him. And what we ask for him, Lord, we ask for all of thy people that are going through trying and difficult times in their life. Just comfort them. Bless those that mourn the loss of loved ones this day with thy, with thy abounding grace, Lord, just uh, bless them uh, with assurance of salvation for their dear loved one that has gone on to be with thee. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Overlook our imperfections. We confess, Father, that they are many. And we just ask that you would look down upon us in mercy. Lead us and guide us by thy holy and divine spirit. And again, Father, just bless this hour unto thine honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And with that, Brother John, the floor is yours. All right. First of all, I want to say, brothers and sisters in the listening audience, I, I wish you a happy, joyful, and prosperous holiday season according to the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm on the horns of a dilemma this evening, and I, I'm reminded of a story that my father, the late elder John Henry Thrower, used to tell, and there was some confusion going on in the church. And everyone could see it, but nobody wanted to say anything about it. And and finally, the Lord asked one of them, um, what would you do or say? And he said, I'm not sure, Lord, but something needs to be said. Something needs to be said. And, and this is the most joyful time of the year. And at the same time, it's the most saddened and depressed time of the year. There's more suicide during this time. And in the midst of all the hostility, we can see that in this time of the year, whatever is going on gets magnified. And yet, while most of us are, are happy, many of us are overwhelmed with grief and pain, confrontation, short tempers. Um, and, and one thing we have to be careful of, we have to remember that what you read, what you see, what you hear is not a reflection of the majority. It's a reflection of the minority. And yet many of us measure the majority by the minority. Uh, this is a time that, that many people commit suicide. And I've heard it said, and, and I don't agree with it, but I've heard many people say that a person that commits suicide is not a child of God. Well, I'm here to tell you that I don't believe Satan's children get depressed in the times of this world. These are their times. Our time is yet to come. It's God's people that get depressed. It's God's people that want to give up. It's God's people that lose faith by not looking up, but constantly looking at exactly where they are. And, and some of us, we get so bogged down and, and, and depressed, we begin to look at things and we begin to judge others. And, and we, we like to judge things according to God's moral law. But I'm going to tell you, all of us are guilty according to that law. There is none that is righteous, not a single one. We're all guilty. And we're not guilty because we sinned. 
we're guilty because we're sinners. In other words, we don't sin to become sinners. We sin because we already are sinners. And the Lord declared that there is not none righteous, no, not one. So in, in, in line with that, whether it's God's moral law or whatever, we are ministers of the Lord. All of us have a ministry. And it is our duty to judge, not that we, we be not judge. And we have to remember that Paul told the Thessalonians, warn those that are unruly. God never told you to make anybody live right. He said, warn those that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and have patience toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good. So that that tells me that while we may we like to dress up things in life, you know, we, instead of saying it's a lie, we like to say some things are not lies; they're white lies. Well, God don't use that term; He said it's a lie. And instead of calling something adultery, we say, "Oh, He had an affair." God does not use that term; He calls it adultery. And we need to use the terms that, that God uses, and it helps us to realize we're all guilty. I don't have any righteousness of my own. It's by the grace of God that I am that I am. And yet some of us will use things and even point to Scripture to hate homosexuals, to hate a racist, you know, to hate those that are different from the color of our skin, um, to abuse some and say something about others. And so... I want to take my lesson from the the sixth the sixth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Because while God is going to, he judges us and reprimands us, it, he chastens you because you're his. He chastens you because he loves you based on the moral law. However, there are some things that God hates. And we need to be mindful of those things as children of God. We can't be allow ourselves to be caught up in the things that are going on in the world. I mean, and right now, when we look at the world, there's more confrontation than we've ever seen. There's more hatred than we've ever seen, more racism and accusing you know, people of things than we've, we've ever seen. But if we would be mindful of the things that God says that he hates, we would be better as sisters and brothers one to another. And, and what it says is that Solomon says, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yes, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies. And then he says, and he that soweth discord among brethren. In the next verse, Paul says, my son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother, but, but bind them continually upon thine heart. And he said, and, and tie them about thy, thy neck. We can look at these things and we need to meditate on them so that we don't get caught up in the world. God is not looking at the darkness in the world. He's looking at his people. We're the ones that are to minister one to another. We can't afford to get caught up in the hate, the mistrust, the, the racism, the abuse that's out there. We need to help people point people to the Lord.
And they may not listen, but then, then what we do is, as Jesus says, shake the dust off your feet and keep on going. The first thing he says is a proud look. That's your eyes. Is there something in you that makes you think that you're better than somebody else? Is there something in you that makes you think that your worth is more than somebody else because they have less than what you have? He says a lying tongue. That's talking about your speech, the things that you say. A heart that that devises wicked imagination. That's your motives. I always tell people, God is not looking at the end result. He's looking at the motive behind the action. And that's why he could look at the thief on the cross and why you and I may judge him because he stole. The Lord looked at him and said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We, we are who we are based on what the Lord has given us, his talents, his gifts. And, and the scripture teaches us that our behavior can either be born in us, made in us, or we chose to be that way. That's when Jesus talked to the man about eunuchs. That says that two-thirds of who you are may not have anything to do with you at all. My grandson loves cars. Guess who else did? His grandfather, John Henry Thoreau. My grandson loves the red. Guess who else did? His grandfather, John Henry Thrower. And then he walks. When dad would walk, if you watch him, he would swing his right arm. Guess who else walks like that? Derek didn't choose to be that way. He was born that way. And that's why we can't judge anybody because we don't know if that person was born that way. We can commit the same act. And one of us will become an alcoholic or a drug addict. The other will learn from it and get stronger. So if I can't edify you, build you up, and make you a better person to the Lord, then I ought to close my mouth. I ought to close my mouth. Then he said, but above all these things, he said, a false witness that speaketh lies. And we'll look at each one of them, each one of them. And then he said, a false witness that speaketh lies, a tongue that that you use to lie and tell things that you know aren't true. And you know what's bad? Some of us will sit up and believe the lie. And we know better. We know better. The last thing he said is he that soweth discord, division among brethren. These are things that God hates. And church, if you know in your heart that you're a child of God, you need to hate these things also. How do I tell the difference? One of the things that I tell my children is that when a child of God does something wrong, he might get mad. He might say some things that he shouldn't say. He might do some things that he shouldn't do. But when he comes back home on his bed at night, his heart will condemn him for it. He'll feel remorse. Scripture tells you that if your heart condemns you, God is stronger than your heart. The person that will condemn himself and look at himself, that's not the problem. The problem is the person that will do it and don't see anything wrong with it at all. We're all sinners. I had a person come to me once and talking about the church and said, that church is a house full of sinners. <laughs> and, it, and I shocked him. I said, you know what? You're right. But you've got to finish that statement. It's a house full of sinners saved by the grace of God, trying to do their level best to walk in the light of the Lord. 
And that's every one of us. That's that's our goal. So if we look at what Solomon said and remembering that the scripture tells us, judge not that, that you be not judged. For with what judgment that you judge, it's going to be judged to you again. And what measure that you meet, it'll be met unto you again. Another thing that I tell the church is that many t- the thing that offends others to us is because it's in you. The thing that you judge and condemn others about, it's because it's in you. Other people see the same thing, but they don't judge and condemn. But the scripture tells us, why are you focusing on the moat that is a, that little speck in your brother's eye? But you're not thinking about the beam that is in your own eye. And, and so Solomon tells us, if we go look at it, he says, these six things doth the Lord hate. The first thing he says, a proud look, a proud look. Do you know pride makes you God? Pride means that I'm governing myself. I'm the governor of my own behavior. There's nothing higher than me. That's why Pharaoh told Moses, who is this God that I should obey him? I know not this God and neither will I obey his voice. Pride diminishes the power of God in your life. Pride is the opposite of humility. And so Proverbs, Proverbs Solomon says he hates a proud look. And then who are we to be proudful? How dare you look down on anybody? How dare you be racist against anybody? The scripture teaches us that that God has a people in every nation, kindred, and tongue. And I used to always say, I wish God would paint a yellow stripe down the back of all the elect. And then I, I know who to treat well and who it just didn't matter. But since he didn't try to paint a yellow stripe down their backs, I got to treat every man as a brother and every woman as a sister and be careful when I look at somebody and look down on them because of who they are, what they are, where they come from, what nationality they are. They might have just came across the border. but That could be my brother. They might have a different color of skin, not educated as I am, but that could be my sister. And and because you are, it's God that bless you to be who you are and what you are. Some of us live up to it more than others. But we're in a time that we can look around at the world and we see racism, hatred, confrontation, people getting upset and shoot and go into a store and shoot everybody that they see. That's pride and arrogance. That means that I govern myself. God doesn't govern me. And if I count you as being less than me, I'm going to take action. And some of us would do that stuff and then go to church on Sunday morning. Solomon says God hates it. A lying tongue. Sometimes, man, and my wife will remind me of that. Do you know that sometimes you can be wrong and think you're right? My wife... I worked for ADP almost 20 years. And sometimes I come home and be saying, this is how you do this or that. And she'll say, John, you are not at ADP. ADP don't run this house. And that's how we have, it's God that we have to look up to. It, it, G, Paul told, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. 
He was in the form of God. It wasn't robbery for him to be equal with God. But he took on the form of a servant and made himself in the likeness of man. That's us. Christ is our example. John Wallace can't be your example. I tell people all the time, I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree. There are a lot of them that shine brighter than me. I'm doing the best I can to be like him so that when you see me, you see the Lord. And you know what? In this season, this joyous season, this time of year, the time of confrontation and hatred, we need to be more like the Lord. I'm not worried about the other people and neither is God. But those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we are the light, we are the salt, and we are the city. Don't get caught up in the world. A lying tongue, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. That, that you're willing to take somebody's life that didn't do anything to you at all. And, and, and I'm sorry. I just feel like we sit back a lot and we watch it. Some of us, we watch it, we hear it, we listen to it. But since it doesn't affect us, we feel like we can't do anything. Every morning when I get up, I need to walk in the light of the Lord. Whenever I hear something contrary to the will of God, I need to say, I'm not going to debate or argue with you. The Bible only gives me liberty to warn. I cannot make anybody live right but I cannot stand and have you talk about that, which is against God's will. Like I always tell a story last year when we went deer hunting, there's a young man there and he took pride into having children that he didn't take care of. Bothered the devil out of me. I finally said something that I thought it was arrogant and prideful that he would look at bringing children into the world and not take care of them. People heard me talking to him. They finally ran in the room and got my brother Ray. And they said, you better come get your brother John because he's ready to get started. I'm not going to stand there and look at it. I'm not going to hear you talk about wrong because if you profess to be a child, now if you're a devil, how do you know the devil's throw? I don't know what you'll be tomorrow, but I know one behavior of devils. They're prideful. They have no compassion. They're never wrong about anything. They do what moves them. I'm not going to be a part of that. I'm not going to be a part of lies. And, and we have a large percentage of us that know that something is a lie, can't prove it in any shape, form, or fashion, and we jump on the bandwagon. God does not like. He hates a lying tongue. And then the hands that shed innocent blood to take the life of somebody. We need to complain about it. And I don't say, I'm not saying go out and put yourself in harm's way. If you put yourself in harm's way, you can't continue to be a light. But you should not sit there and then listen to it. He, pride is dangerous because pride damages relationships. It'll damage your relationship with God. It will damage any relationship that you're in, period. Because you're right and everyone else is wrong. Then he says, a heart that devises wicked imaginations. You, you know that it's wrong when you started talking about it. Do you know, too many times we judge the end result. I'm homeless. I'm black. I'm an alcoholic. I'm white, but I'm poor. I'm a drug addict. Do you know God does not judge the end result? 
God judges the motive behind what you do and say. What is the thing that made you do this? If he judged the end result, the thief on the cross would have hung there, bled, and died. He judges the motive. When that thief looked at the Lord and said, Lord, when you enter your kingdom, remember me. He was a thief. And you know that somebody in his life had to be telling him, fool, you need to quit stealing because if you don't, they're going to kill you. But you don't know if he was born that way, made that way, or chose to be that way. But what you do know is he looked on that cross and saw a man with a blood-riddled face, blood-riddled spit, wounds all over him from the beating that he has suffered, and he did not see a man. He saw a king with a kingdom somewhere. How did the thief on the cross look at our Lord and know that he was a king that had a kingdom somewhere? He said, Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. Jesus told him, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That's all I want him to do. I don't want to condemn anybody. I don't want to point fingers at anybody because I'm the sinner. I... This body, this earthly house, this tabernacle is no earthly good. Paul said in me dwelleth no good thing. It's going to die, it's going to decay, and it's going to rot. How dare you think you're better than somebody else? It's not going to change until Jesus comes back, and that's called the adoption. He's not taking this body the way it is. It's worthless. How dare me look at somebody else and think they're worse off than I am? We're all just dust. Nothing but dust. It's by the grace of God that we are who we are. And that's the message that we need to tell the world. That's the message that we need to live. And like I said, I know none of you out there are anything like what I'm saying. But we can get caught up in what we see, what we read, and what we hear, and we begin to measure the whole like the part. God, if Jesus did us like that, we'd be in a sad state. He goes on and says, a false witness that speaketh lies. He that devises wicked imagination. Wicked imagination, that means you know it's wrong <laughs> before you do it. You know it's all you know it's wrong. If you've been born from above, I can only validate what's already in your heart. Don't get mad with me for that. Paul said, Am I become your enemy because I told you the truth? I'm just telling you the truth. It's up to you. Scripture tells us that if we would judge ourselves, we wouldn't have to be judged. We wouldn't have to be judged. He goes on church and he says that a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet. Look, do you notice how he says, first, a proud look, that's your eyes. Then he talks about your hands that shed innocent blood. Then he said, a false witness that speaketh lies, back to the tongue again. And now he says, a heart, looking at that member, the motive behind what you do and say, a heart that devises and plots wicked imagination. I've heard people say, you know, he did me wrong and I can't wait to get him back. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. It belongs to God. 
feet that be swift running to mischief. I know you don't know anybody like that, but there are people that find out something wrong in somebody else and in a hurry to go tell somebody else. Forgetting all about Matthew 18, if your brother offends you, you go to him and you go to him alone. You don't go tell people what your brother did. Feet that are swift running to mischief. I, I tell people all the time, there have been those since I've been trying to pastor that have come to me about this member or that member. You know what I learned to say? I say, wow, that's something. We need to pray for that brother or sister. And since you know so much about it, you lead the prayer. All of a sudden, they stop coming to you. If I just sit there and listen, they're gonna you just if you fill up my mind with garbage and I don't say anything, they're gonna keep coming. But when I tell you, if you know so much about somebody else and their shortcomings, then we need to pray for them. And then since you know so much, you lead the prayer. You lead it. Feet that are swift running the mission. And, and then he says, the the false witness that speaketh lies. <laughs> I had a deacon tell me once, I'm not going to tell you the pastor or anything, but he was on his dying bed. And he said, Elder Thrower, I came up during a time where if the pastor said it, he's right. And many times I would agree with him when I knew he was wrong. Do you know that a pastor, I've got a job to do just like you, but God holds me in a higher position than you because under whom much is given, much is required. I need to examine myself the exact same way that the people of God do because somebody is going to be moved by what I say and what I do. So when you, when you look at it, a false witness that speak of lies, you already know that it's wrong. And you're going to do it anyway. But greater than all of that is the last thing that Solomon said. He that soweth discord. What does that mean? That I'm going to run here and I'm going to run there. And I'm going to tell you things about somebody else that will cause you to divide, dislike, hate, or question what they do. God is not in that. And at this time of the year, during this season, when so many are out there that need to hear what the Lord has done for us, when there are so many out there that I can look back at, all of us have a testimony about the goodness of God. I don't need to be using my tongue to tell lies about somebody else, my tongue to sow discord and divide. I need to use my tongue to talk about the goodness of God because somebody wants to hear what I got to say. And you know what? I could talk about him for a long time. My daughter, Megan, is 38 years old. At three months old, she almost died. We prayed and prayed. I called my brother and my dad, and they flew down to Southern California for three months. We didn't know if she would live or die. Then after that, we didn't know if she would ever be normal. She's normal and just got a promotion to be a Northern California district manager. But she was going to, on the bed of affliction, she had a meningitis in the spine. I've had times where dad, we drove to Arkansas. We didn't want to go because mom wasn't there. 
we, we I tell everybody, all four of us are mama's boys. I don't mind saying I'm a mama's boy. Nothing wrong with being spoiled. It's, the wrong is how you handle it. But mom had to stay at Berkeley and work. We're driving and, and dad, and I mean, this is during the time where, where when blacks were driving to the South, you you had places that said water, the water fountain was for whites only. I'm a child looking at that. You had other places that would not serve us. But you know what? I'm not thinking about them. We also had places where they would sneak dad around the corner behind the restaurant and give him free food to feed us. We had a time when, when they were driving, when dad is driving, the three of us, me, Gene, and Ray, Greg wasn't born yet. He hit a narrow bridge and he's going across the bridge and, and all of a sudden a truck is on the other side coming towards us. And John Henry screamed and threw up his hands and said, Lord have mercy. To this day, I don't know how we got on the other side of that bridge. I've had times in my life when the first little raggedy house that I bought, I worked two jobs working 16 hours a day. And I was coming down to 405 and fell asleep behind the wheel. And all of a sudden I heard a voice that said, wake up, John. And it didn't startle me. It just woke me up. All of us have stories and testimonies that we could look at in our life. That's what we need to be sharing with the people of God. I don't need to judge anybody. Did God bless me because of who I am? What I did? I'm no better than the damn better in hell. It's by the grace of God that I am that I am. And I don't want to mess up that grace. Now, do I fall short every day? Like I said earlier, I'm not a sinner because I sin. I sin because I am a sinner. Solomon said, you need to take these things, these six things. You can read Genesis to Revelation. I tell everybody, when you start out reading the Bible, start at the beginning. But then if, if you can't start at the beginning, I say read Romans, read the Gospels, read Philippians, read Colossians. And then you got a foundation to go back to the beginning. But you know what? Solomon hit all of it on the head in that one little proverb. In chapter six, these six things does the Lord hate and not trying to live according to them is going to cause you to break every commandment that's there. It'll cause you start to make excuses. Well, I stole because I've been at this job for 20 years. All I did is take a pencil. No, you stole. You stole. Then he said, bind them around. Do you know what it means to wake up every day? I tell everyone, I don't know you, just like you don't know me. John Henry and Grace didn't know me, but God knows me. There are scriptures that I have to meditate. I was talking to my daughter today, and I said, you know what? That's one I have to work on. I constantly have to work on it. I don't need to tell you. Me and God know it. But you have the same situation. Bind his commandments around your neck. Wake up this morning and today say, this is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. I want to walk out into the world and be a light, a city, and a salt that is needed in the world. I'm going to be here to make a difference. And it's easy for me to do because Solomon just told me the things that I need to avoid. Seven things that I need to avoid. Why? Because God hates those seven things. I need to memorize the, God's moral law. 
But if you can't, these things you understand, you clearly understand. They're not confusing to a child of God. You know them. You know them. Bind them around your necks. You have a ministry. You have an obligation. We are kings and priests. As kings, we have power and authority because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. As priests, it means that we minister one to another. Your duty before God and men is to edify, to glorify God and edify your brothers and sisters. Well, what is edification? It's the moral instruction to bring somebody. What if they don't listen? Then it means you're not the messenger. You don't need to make nobody listen. God don't give you a gift that's going to go to waste. He gives you something that somebody else needs. If this person doesn't listen to me, I don't need to argue and debate. Move on. Shake the dust off your feet. Somebody is going to want to hear what you have to say. And you can start out with Ella Throw having to tell me, I don't know what to say. Start out talking about your experiences with God. Start out talking about how good God has been to you. Paul said on one occasion, and we look at if those apostles... Those apostles, if those apostles, Peter, we know Peter, he was scared to die. Thomas was a doubter, but by the day of Pentecost, the spirit of God in them, filling up the house, they weren't afraid no more. Peter wasn't afraid. They can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's a message that God has given you. Why did Paul tell the Ephesians in chapter four? Walk worthy. All this that I just read is talking about your walk in life. I don't know it, but you and God know it. And Paul said, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. The world needs us, church. It needs us bad. And when we look at how dark the world is, it means we ought to shine brighter. Anybody can complain about how, what it is, but we need to shine. Paul said, shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I might rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain. And if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, then I joy and rejoice with you all. Why, Paul? Because all my study and my being locked up in prison, all of it, my writings to all the churches, the setting up the churches, the most important thing for me in my misery, in my ministry, not my apostleship, but the care of all the churches. And if I can preach it to you and you try to live it, I rejoice in you all. I rejoice. Tell people Paul only used that word once. If I be offered upon the sacrifice in your service of your faith, if I be poured out preaching to you, living before you, being locked up in prison and still writing to you, it's easy to praise God on the mountaintop. It's easy to praise God when everything is going right in the world. But how do you act when you're down in the valley? How do you act when you're not on the mountaintop? How do you act when the world is full of lies and hatred and condemnation of who people are, what they are, because of what you think? How do you act then? Paul said, I joy and rejoice with you all. He only used that word one more time. He said, now I am ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. But as I look back in my life, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith and I finished my court. What do you mean, Paul? Now I'm ready to be offered. My life is going to be poured out for your sakes. And the last thing that I have to give, I know I'm not going to see the light of the sun no more. I know I'm not going to stand 
before Caesar. I know I'm not going to see my brothers and sisters anymore, but that's all right. I'm ready. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. And I tell people now, you know what? I love the Lord. I, when it comes that I press a dying pillow, when this body is ready to decay and rot, I may not be able to say as Paul that I fought a good fight, but you know what? I will be able to say as David. I'll be able to say just like David, although my house, my family, it be not so with God. And yet, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I am, he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. And this is my joy. That's what we need to live for. The world needs us. The darkness needs light. And God gave us everything that we need to walk in his light. God bless all of you. And I pray that I said something that will point you in the right direction. And if you're going that way, go tell somebody. Amen, brother John. Amen. No, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you were just getting going. Yeah. <laughs> I've been going. I'm ready to keep on. Yeah. Man, I needed that. I'm serious. Yes, I needed that. I sure yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. Man. So, somebody, J Jerry, Jerry, say something. Oh, say something oh, for me. What in, the, what in the world would you expect me to say after that? <laughs> you'll find something, yeah, you'll, Jerry. You'll, you always find something. You'll, you'll figure I, it out. I think the best thing I can do is do that. <laughs> well, I agree, but go ahead and say something anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me a shot. Brother John, my goodness. Um, the Lord has blessed you with such a wonderful gift to be able yes, yes, to yes. say things that need to be said. Yep. The, you said it at the very beginning of your remarks. Something needs to be said. Something. Right. Something needs to be said. Truer right. uh, right. words have, have not been spoken, um, not in my lifetime. I know there's nothing new under the sun. But there's a lot of things that feel new to me right now right. Amen. In, in my life over the last few years. Amen. And you hit on so many wonderful thoughts. I, I would ask you a question. Uh, man, <laughs> so many thoughts. It, the things that you said in, in Proverbs, you, you pointed to motive um, under wicked imaginations of the heart. Um, I don't know if you see it this way or not. Uh, if you'll consider it and want to comment on it, I'd love to hear what you, you have to say. As I read through those things, Brother John, I see a sense of motive in nearly every one of them. Uh, is, isn't self-righteousness and self-absorption at the foundation of the things that, that Solomon speaks of here? Amen, Jerry. I see it exactly the same way. It, all of it is looking at the condition of our heart. It's yes. the condition of your heart that causes you to be prideful and look down at somebody. That's motive because That's right. you have made a choice to be you're, you're your own God. The lying, the false witness, uh, hands that shed innocent blood. That's a heart. That's mm -hmm. a heart. He just hits it on the head by saying the heart that divides of wicked imaginations. Well, guess what? Everything yeah. I talked about before is wicked yeah. imagination. Right. It, right. That's right. That's right. Amen, Brother John. 
At that, amen. <laughs> I want to. Can I read something to you real quick, and then go somebody else can get to go here. If you want to preach on this right now, you feel free to do it. Okay. <laughs> and you you talked about lying, and um, and how it is that that lies come forth from us. Right. My mind immediately went to James chapter three, because this this verse, well. I hate to say it, but confession is good for the soul. It convicts Amen. me. It convicts me. Uh, I try to work. I try to stay above it, but it does convict me. Listen to what James said. He said, uh, well, he said, but in verse eight, chapter three, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. How true is that? There, listen, therewith bless we God, even the father and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God out of the mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing my brethren these these things ought not so to be that's a text within itself these things you're going to use this tongue to praise and bless God and then you're going to use the same tongue to curse your brothers and sisters it, these things ought not so to be. And to me, James makes it plain, but he makes something else plain in that statement. He says that the tongue can no man tame. Right. That means that I can't fix this by myself. Amen. I need help from the Lord. Right. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Man, my feet hurt. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but okay. It, yeah, but it feels good, right? It feels good. Dave. Yeah, you got your hand up front row. Go ahead. <laughs> In August of 1980, I was at the West Texas Association, and I saw this brother there. I go like, hmm, who's that guy? It was your dad. Amen. All right. John Henry Thrower. I go like, there's a black brother here. Yeah. What I said in my 18-year-old mind, and he got up to preach on Friday night at the West Texas Association. <laughs> Talk about courage, man. He had There's a thousand primitive Baptists. He stands up there, and the first words out of his mouth was this. Now, I've seen... I've met a few friendly faces here <laughs> at this meeting. And I bet a few unfriendly faces. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't crazy. No, my bad. And then he goes, he goes into that sermon. He says, Now Job had a case. But man's case was worse. Amen. Yeah, about man's case. And I remember when I heard him preach. I don't mind telling you this. I said to myself and my young mind, I am not going to be a racist anymore. Amen. I've tried. I've tried. Uh, and then I thought about, you know, because um, the spirit of the Lord was on him to preach the word of the Lord to us. And folks were shouting and rejoicing. And we went through the handshake line that lasted an hour and a half. And I, I just I just hugged him. And I got to know him uh, in the years that followed. Um, and I thought about, you know, when we're in church, 
and I got, you know, my, my brother, my nephew, I've had my dad there, my mother, other brothers and kids. But when the spirit is there to me, that's his brother, mine. Amen. Brother Daniel. <clears throat> they're, they're the saints of God. And there's brother John Wallace, saint of God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God, God looks on the heart. Amen. <clears throat> the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. Uh, you're one of my favorite preachers, if not my favorite. Don't get the big head because I'm, you know, the Lord, you're married, so they'll take care of that. <laughs> 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 and if your wife don't get to you, then the Lord will. But I don't mind that uh, you're one of my favorite preachers. And you're one of my favorite gentlemen. You're one of my favorite old Baptists. Uh, I could talk to you for a long time and just, I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I just, just a lot of stuff I, I, I wish we had time to talk about. And uh, at any rate, um, depravity knows no no color of skin, no boundaries, no boundaries. There's no nationality, no heritage, uh, and and likewise, um, you know, Jew talked about the common salvation, right? Yeah, I like that. Uh, because that word common means all are saved the same way. That's right. And all are saved to the same place. And uh, why don't we just get a jump start on that right now here on earth? That's and just right. try to act like we're going to heaven here on earth. <laughs> hey, man, live that way. Live that way. I, 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 I think that's a good idea, you know. I agree. And yeah. I tell folks, a lot of times we associate racism and hatred with the color of somebody else's skin. Mm -hmm. I yeah. know a whole lot of black folks that's racist. Okay. Racism doesn't know the color of skin. That's that's mm -hmm. us, something that we do. Mm -hmm. God, if I'm trying to follow the Lord, it's got no place in my life. Mm -hmm. No, sir. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember, I you know, when I went to the Philippines and preached, I've got a lot of fish eyes, a lot of evil eyes. <laughs> and um, I'm like, man, I'm all alone here. <laughs> yeah. And then when we got in service in the spirit of the Lord, there was liberty. That's right. There That's wasn't right. Any you know, and I washed feet there in that in that land, and it was the same. I felt the exact same Amen. way. Amen. You know? And um <clears throat> uh, we we were up there in Utah and we got uh, stereotyped. Uh, we got pigeonholed. We got we we were hated because we weren't of the dominant religion. Right. Uh, we got mistreated by the law. I got mistreated by the teachers. I know what it's like uh, to have that against you. And, uh, and yet, at the same time, we met wonderful people up there. Amen. And. Amen. Uh, we, we talked scripture with, with some of those folks and had fellowship together. Uh, it's without the spirit of God, what a terrible world we would live it in. It would be. Amen. It would And be. that's why I say don't don't measure the whole by a part. Right. Don't, don't do that. 
Now, right. my dad, he was blessed to be one of those. You know, most of us as ministers on Sunday morning, I don't want you interfering with my studying and with my meditation. John Henry was one of those preachers that the more you interfered, the more powerful he got. You, you just That's couldn't right. turn him. You couldn't turn him off. <laughs> and I remember when your dad came to my parents' house and spent the night. And boy, my mother, I mean, she rolled out the red carpet for your dad. Whatever he wanted, he got. And I remember she asked him, Brother Thrower, uh, would you like something to drink? He goes, he goes, I I, I like a Coke. <laughs> and she goes, okay. Now, in Texas, when you say Coke, that could mean seven up. <laughs> and she goes, well, would you rather have Coca-Cola or Pepsi? He goes, Pepsi. <laughs> Just Go to the store right now and get some Pepsis. <laughs> we didn't have any Pepsi. But we had I had to go down and get some Pepsi. So because your dad <laughs> what he wanted. What he wanted. And he admired some plants my mother had. Because she's all in the plants. And so she gave him some plants. And so later on, like two weeks later, he's on, he's he's I'm up there and he's getting on the plane to go back to, you know, to go back to California. Mm -hmm. And he had these plants here and he forgot it was my mother that gave them to him. She goes, I hope they don't bother me for these plants. That lady's just insisted that I have. <laughs> I go, now you know how I feel. And we are. <laughs> You going through what I've gone through all my life, you are brothers in tribulation, my friend. That was your mother going, yeah. <laughs> uh, last time I ever saw him, by the way. Last time I ever saw him. Uh, he's getting on that plane, going home. And uh, at any rate, uh, thank you so much. I love you and the Lord, Brother John. I love you too. I, 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 I do. And God bless you in your ministry and the church there, Glorious Kingdom. And my heart, my prayers are with y'all all the way. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Brother, Brother John, what I love so much about your ministry is, and it really, it doesn't take much for Uncle David to start telling stories. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't take, it doesn't take much. You got to Yeah. Um, but but that's one of the things that I absolutely love about your ministry and listening to your messages is it it prompts people to talk about their lives in godly ways. Amen. And it, it's just because I mean there are also other wonderful gifts that that men have that some some of these brethren here have on this panel that man okay I I really want to think. St study do uh, and do that and i'm not saying yours don't do that but what it what every time i think of of one of your messages brother john is just like i feel that in my life i feel that in my life i feel where it fits in my life on a tuesday morning you know how where 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 it goes where it where it feels good and where it hurts amen you started your message off talking about how the winter months have uh have a negative effect 
on uh, many people, specifically the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you referenced, suicide, we have dealt with that in a in our family a little bit. And, um, and things can get really dark really quickly. Right. Um, and things can become just when you thought you felt as much pain as you're ever going to feel in your life, more seems to show up. Right. And, um, what, I appreciate so much about your message was that no, no matter what, there's always a way to steer at hope. Amen. There's, there's always a way to steer at hope and that is available to every child of God, but most certainly available to those who believe in the gospel of truth. Amen. And I, I I can't tell you how many days and how many times that just the thought of hope itself has gotten me through a day. And, and, and I had that thought while you were preaching, I'm like, how many people could have that and don't and don't and don't in, in many ways, it's just like a simple thought on my head. Okay. You know what? I can get through this because I got either Wednesday night coming up or I got Sunday morning coming up. Or then on top of that, I know that when all this is over, I'm just going to go home and see Jesus. And you can Mm -hmm. just take a step back. You can just take a step back. And that is available to every single child of God who will believe it. That's That's not the definition of salvation here and now. I don't know what is. Amen. That. That is time salvation. It is not an abstract doctrine. Mm-mm. No, it is. It is, it is as applicable as possibly can be. It is taking hold of what you know and using it to and wedging it against the rest of your life. Amen. Using it as a pry bar to keep that sin and that corruption away from you externally and internally. Amen. Even just for just a moment, just a moment. I just need it. I need it in this moment right now. And that's what, man, that that's what I love so much about every single one of your messages, brother John, because I can feel that message. Amen. In the stories of my life. Because when you were talking about, we all have stories. We all do. Amen. We all do. We all do. We, we all we 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 could fill up the next however many hours we wanted to talk about miracles, but is a is not a miracle remembering our salvation, mm-hmm. brother Daniel. One of the things I always tell the church is it's it's not where you are. You know we focus too many times on yeah. where we are and what's going on in life. Right. It's whose you are. And that must be the focus. Amen. Okay. I could, I'm not going to go on. I'm going to stop. Okay. Dad, Mark, Mark, dad, either one. I'm, I am. I don't need to say a thing because it's been said so well. I don't need, all I would do is detract, but amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
God bless you and thank God for the message. Amen. I'm I'm like Mike. I, I would say one thing, uh, Brother John Wallace. Uh, David, um, me and Warden Dad were at that West Texas Association as well. I remember it well. <clears throat> and, um, you know, the shouting that took place while yeah. uh, John, <laughs> John Henry was preaching so wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah, I, yep. I remember I remember uh on the ride when we were heading back home, um, you know, dad <laughs> he said, Well, boy, <laughs> he said, Well, boys, are we like, yeah, what dad? He says, I just found out I don't know nothing about this preaching business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oh, that was that just that just made us laugh. You know, uh, he he thought a lot of Brother John Henry, um, John Wallace. He really did, um, and and we all did. We all thought a lot of Brother John Henry. I've wonderful memories that you brought to the surface in a wonderful sermon. Wonderful sermon of encouragement and the great need. Yes, that we yes have, it is. Yes, uh, today. Uh, I, I'm. I, I'm like Mike. I could I could say a bunch more. I've already detracted enough. Thank you, brother. Love you, brother John. Love you guys too. Well, I I can't think of a more appropriate message or minister or discussion for our last um, our last regular session for a while. Hmm. Um, and in case anybody is still on the on the uh, needs to know, starting next Wednesday, we'll be uh, showing. OBW talks exclusively our our podcast exclusively wow. on Wednesday nights. It's not a hundred percent right, Daniel. We have really we have one more yeah, yeah. Elder David, yeah, Elder David yeah, we got David Crawford. David Crawford. Yeah. David Crawford. Okay. Well, wow. I, I I immediately retract everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, then yes. that's right. Okay. Uh, December the seventh, David Crawford. Next week it will be a uh, the podcast. Sounds good. Okay, so next week we're having a podcast, and then see, and then Brother David, Hi. and then many more and podcasts, and then podcasts. Me. Lord willing, okay. pray. Well, we're still. I, I still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother John, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. Pray yeah. that it helps somebody. Oh yeah, me. <laughs> Brother, Brother John, might I be so bold as to say, even though we are going forward with the podcast on Wednesday nights, that does not mean that you are off the hook, my dear friend. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There, yeah. there will be that phone call that says, I'll make it myself. I'll call him right now. Say, hey, they're going to call you right now. I'm going to call you right now saying, like, I'm tired of listening to these dudes. I want to hear, hear some good stuff. <laughs> the Lord's people need to hear Amen. you, Amen. my dear brother. Amen. Love Amen. you so very much. God bless. Love all of you. Well, brother John, OBW has been a, a special time in our lives, and you have been a big part of that. Yes, yes sir. And we're just so thankful to you and to your ministry and for the time that you've so graciously given to be with us on these uh, broadcasts that you've been with us. So, it, it's it's good. It's a blessing to God's people. Thank you. We appreciate that, brother. And we appreciate you. And I believe with that, 
Brother David, would you dismiss us by prayer? Come to thee, O Lord, thanking you for this wonderful time together uh, with our beloved brothers in Christ. Thank you for blessing Brother John Wallace again to preach thy word. Thank you that I have gotten to know him. And I'm honored to call him my brother. And I pray, Father, uh, that we would have some more fellowship time together like this. And if not, then we'll just have the best one of all up there in glory. Amen. If that be all right, Lord, it could happen right now if it be thy will. Mm. Until then, Lord, we pray that thou would bless him and his ministry and bless glorious kingdom, Primitive Baptist Church, and uh, bless them to go forward according to thy will and thy power. Lord, we also pray that thou would bless us tomorrow as we meet with our loved ones and family. And uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. And let us strive to give thanks to thee tomorrow. Bless our nation and our churches and our families. We commend ourselves to thy care and keeping. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We'll say good night. Good, good night. night. Good night, brothers. Good night.